Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And live. we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> so gentle. Wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Welcome to the Exchange podcast. It is good to be with you. It's good to be broadcasting to the throng. Uh, we know... That it's been a while since you have heard our voices. The vibrations from our vocal cords have entered your ear canals. You should cut that bit. That bit's disgusting. I feel violated. (laughs) Oh, man, it's late. Just so you guys know, we recorded two weeks ago, and demons stole the audio. It was nothing short of demonic (laughs) oppression. They invaded the the uh, the internet. The interwebs. They they went in. They possessed the interwebs. <laughs> Hijacked our episode. Dude, Satan is the prince of the power of the air, is he not? Mm. <laughs> Wi-Fi is his domain. Were we not on air, boys? Mm. The devil's playground. That's what this so, is. And then last week, our schedules had demonic oppression. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're coming to you now, having overcome a series of demonic uh, oppression. So, let's get right to the topics, boys. Um, actually, no. Daniel, why did you shave your beard? Tell us on air. I shave my beard once a year, Alex, because it uh, improves your beard mass. So, I've been doing it. Uh, I broke up with a girl a few years ago, and I did it, and I noticed that my beard came back better after I had let it grow out for five months. So every year since, every spring, I shave it. I mean, every year, it, 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 it only brings more fruit. Actually, you know, this is weird, but I think I might keep this look, man. You know who you look like? You look like Tony Shalhoub from Monk. <laughs> <laughs> the partially balding head, but like the curly hair as it's going back. Yes. You... Oh, yeah. Yep. Dan, do you tr- have you ever tried like beard oil? Yeah, man. I used it every day back when I had one. What brand do you recommend to the throng? Now, this is costly, so only do this if this is a hobby of yours. But the Art of Manliness has really good shaving creams, and um, Baxter's of California has really great aftershave balm that I've been using for a couple years now, and it's fantastic. Never hurts. There you go. Free with the price of admission right there. Josh, how you doing, buddy? My family's had a cold for about three weeks now. Oh, dude. It started, we do kids ministry, uh, second week of the month. That's right, yeah. And that's when it started, was the second week of last month, we did kids ministry. I had no idea that you were being demonically oppressed in that way, too. (laughs) Uh, But me and my wife are starting to get over it. Lily's going into round, like, three now of it, so she's going to the doctor. Dude, I, I don't know about you, but, like, for me, with my kids, I would rather be sick ten times harder than have them be sick. Because, dude, there's nothing worse than your kids being sick. And not from, like, uh, everyone's going to think that I'm, like, really, like, sacrificial for my kids. It's harder mm-hmm. to deal with them being sick. And my life gets interrupted more with them being sick. You know, that's call true. me a bad dad, but that's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel. Boys, let's get into the topics. Let's talk about President Trump's tax plan. Um, he's released it. Um, has it been put – it hasn't been put into law yet. He just released what he wants to do, right? No, he released a one-page, ten-bullet bo- point. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> things like that take a while like a freshman speech class when you learn how to outline and you have to do a mock outline dude that's exactly what happened so um boys what do you think about this tax plan 
If you can even call, I mean, if you can even call it a plan, like I said, it was 10 bullet points on one page. Yeah, it's not a plan. It's like, it's kind of like what he wants to change about our current text plan. Right, exactly. And I, well, like, this is what I think he's doing. He's a businessman. And what he's going to do is he's going to underpitch it. He's going to say, this is what we want. He knows he's not going to get it. But if he came with what he actually wanted, he wouldn't get that either. Hoping that the counter offer is going to be exactly what he wants. That's what I, that's, that's what I think. The way I think he's the way I think he usually does things, he oversells it. Because here's the thing, dude: when you negotiate, you go higher than you could possibly imagine, and then you settle somewhere in the middle. That's what I mean to say. Is that what you meant? Yeah, that's what I meant. I just said it the wrong way. Interesting. Because there's some people who would say that it doesn't go far enough. Alex, are you one of those people? I am one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> some would say. Asking for a friend. Dude, taxation is theft. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> the problem, Alex, that I feel like what, what might happen is if you you have to figure out a way if you're going to cut taxes to make up for government spending on those accounts. If he wants to cut, from what I understand, a very good percentage, he has to figure out what the government will do without that money. And, um, and there are going to be consequences either through education, healthcare, uh, government loans on businesses. I definitely don't think they're going to cut anything from the military, obviously. Well, no, they're going to raise that. I also really don't have that much faith in the American businessman. You know, you leave taxes for people making above a certain percentage, which is a very small percentage of Americans, and they will reinvest that money into the United States. I just don't think that's true. Things are very expensive to be made here in the U.S. I think people are definitely going to keep trying to import. And I know he's working on ways to prevent people from doing that. There's just a lot There's just a lot that falls apart. Um, I think they really need to work on the government's budget before they can put any sort of tax plan into effect. Part of what he presented is reducing uh, business taxes from like 35%, I think it is right now, to 15%. Yeah. Cause businesses to give their employees raises and to create better environments for working and boost the economy that way. When businesses receive more money, that's not what happens. People are selfish. They don't want to give. They want, they want to use that money, not necessarily to make other people's lives better, uh, but to make their own lives better. I'm not, I think it has too high a view of humanity's ability to make selfless decisions. But, I mean, dude, you're just taking the money out of one selfish person's pocket and putting it into another's. <laughs> you mean out of... A system, a selfish system's pocket <laughs> into a group of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying like the lack of faith you have in those business owners is not also extended to the lack of faith you have in the government officials. I will say I have more faith in our government than I do in American business owners. What does our government do well? Wow, that's a great question, Alex. I'll tell you what, man. Tonight there was a downed railing because of wind, and I called my local police department, and they said they were sending someone out right away. A downed railing? Yeah, downed railing, like the like the guard, like the railing guards that uh, block cars from going onto railroad tracks when the trains are coming. And I I let them know, and they said someone was going out right away. You're such a responsible citizen. I'm not, I'm not bragging up. And been like poor guy who runs through that thing. No, I'm not saying that I did a good job. I'm saying that the government did that well. So the police force, though. <laughs> um, was it a sheriff's office? It was the police department. It was part of the county. Oh, the county police. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I agree. I think that our I think that our national defense is very good. What do you think, Dan? What does our government do well? 
Well, I mean, think about it. How would we be able to repay Jack Bauer for all of his patriotic acts? No, no, no. I'm holding you to this one, dude. I'm holding you to this one. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I'm thinking, Alex. I can't think of a government system or product that is going fantastically. But I really can't think of one that would be better in the hands of the people. <laughs> right. I mean, everything that the government does, if there's a privatized counterpart to it, that privatized counterpart is better. The mail, the post office is a great yeah, I just thought of the UPS when you said that. Yeah. So, okay. So here's the thing. What are business owners good at doing? They're good at making money for themselves. Okay. But here's the thing. When they make money for themselves, in order to make money for yourself, you also have to indirectly make money for other people. If you start selling more of X, you need more people to make more of X so that you could sell more of X. Yeah, but th but that that investment is going to be outsourced internationally. And I think the reason it's going to be outsourced is because the government has in has intervened and tried to fix that. I think if you let the free market do what the free market does and compet and competition do what competition does, uh, you have a balanced approach to uh, to taxes going uh, going against imported goods and stuff like that. And you know we we don't have these these uh, these deficits and stuff. I think that we won't see that happening very much. The reason why companies are outsourcing their jobs is because the government has gotten involved. That's but, my Alex, come on, come on. They pay people dime on the hour. Who does? In Bangladesh, in Peru, in the Dominican Republic. No, they pay people dime per hour, but dude, it's expensive to send it over there and to bring it back. I mean, there's costs. Well, that's a good excuse for not, not an acceptable living wage. That's not a good excuse, man. No, no I'm not saying they should do that. Still, they still would make more money. They still make more money by outsourcing regardless of the tax. It's not, all oh, the tax is so high that we can only pay people dimes on, a, on an hour. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not the reason, the reason is most people don't know any better, so yeah. we won't pay them better. What I'm saying is it's not, we're not competing against the dime on the hour. We're competing against what it costs them to ship it over and stuff. So, I mean, obviously stuff is still made here in America, so there's a way to do it properly. And there's a way to do it effect, uh, efficiently. And lowering taxes is going to incentivize people to do it in America. And I'm a fan of that. Sure. I don't think it will, but I think we'll have to wait and see, Alex. Let's move on to the next topic, boys. I think Josh has checked out. Let's bring Josh back. Yeah, let's bring Josh, let's bring Josh, Josh back. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, boys, um, this one might be just as controversial, actually. Uh, let's talk about S-Town. Uh, the, the podcast from uh, This American Life, the makers of Serial. Josh, how far did you get? I think I finished episode five. Yeah, I finished episode five, and I started episode six, and I, and I got like ten minutes into episode six, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah, episode six to me is the hardest one so far. Um, not, that it's, not that it's not interesting. Josh has a really fair point. It was laborious, uh, but once you finish... What the podcast really was, so in This American Life, Ira and uh, one of the ladies who, who also works on it were talking about what they liked about S-Town. And she said it really was kind of the mystical podcast that they've always wanted to do, but that they couldn't force because it just had to happen through contact with somebody. The character in S-Town really is an undiscovered magical person. You learn that this person is, at first look, like a Norman Bates character, you know, lives with mom, is a genius, but I didn't really made any money off of that. 
but somehow he's able to survive and do whatever his hobbies are. So, you, you know, you think, well, this guy's kind of a loser. And you learn, well, I don't think I can trust this guy anyways. But then you get to the end and you realize that there's a lot of good that he did undercover. Um, and that the end, in the end, what ended up killing him wasn't the town. It was himself for reasons that you'd have to listen to the podcast to find out. Josh, what do you what do you think, man? I mean, I think we all kind of know, but you know, air it out for the pod. So I listened to Serial season one, loved it. Mm. I listened to This American Life frequently, I love it. S Town, unlike This American Life and unlike Serial, has a very undefined and abstract plot. In fact, it's very I think it's very postmodern in the way it tells its story. It leads you to think, episode one leads you to think that there's a certain plot. And at the end of episode one, they kill that plot. Then episode two leads you to think that, that episode one was setting you up to, for a different plot. And then it kills that plot. And that happens every episode. You think, oh, it's going to be about the cousins. Oh, it's going to be about this. Oh, it's going to be about that. It's going to be about this murder. It's going to be about this guy killing himself. It's going to be about this guy's depression. It's going to be about this guy's... A homosexual relationship it just leads you to think all these things and it just kills it because of that it was frustrating to me that i felt like i kept getting attached to a story and then that story went absolutely nowhere and at the end of the day the only thing you, you can say is that it's a crappy town wasn't that wouldn't that be I the think, plot though i no, i think it's a it's like a theme it's like a bunch of little stories that are somehow connected through a single theme that life is screwed up. There's no, there's nothing redemptive from that that they pull out of it, I don't think. And so because of that, I never found myself entertained by it. So I didn't finish it. It's a Tarantino film, dude. Oh, that makes sense. Fiction. Dan, it reminded me a lot of Looking for Alaska. Theme-wise, maybe, yeah. Yeah, well, like... Um, I think we, what Josh said is precisely true, but that's also a lot of the reason why I did enjoy it. Um, it you know, it's not a mystery... It's not something you haven't heard before. It's very much like life sucks. I What I don't really appreciate, and this is kind of like this American life sort of uh, philosophy, how everything is always open-ended. I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to have just as many questions at the end, if not more. Exactly, which is why I say it's super postmodern. But that's how Serial Season 1 was, Josh. Mm, no, but... But Serial Season 1 was at least willing to say, this is the story. This guy definitely could have done it. This guy definitely couldn't have done it. And it was like actually a search for truth. Sometimes life doesn't give answers. Hevel, my friend. Hevel. Hevel. Dude, what it is is this. It is the, the unintentional metaphor of the corn maze that even John himself does not know how to get out of. That is what that thing is. It's like trying to fix a clock and not knowing if that is a an intentional mark or just like a random speck of dust. That's right. That's and, the And what's crazy, man, is those are real things. But okay, here's well, another right? here's another one. Here's another here's another metaphor in, in it is his nipple rings. You don't know if it's valuable or not. But you just know someone's gonna get it and someone stole it. For you're trying to grab something that's valuable in it while you're watching it, but nothing of value is actually showing up. You're confident that something of value is there. That the gold must be under the doghouse. The gold must be in the freezer. 
he must have golden nipple rings, but he doesn't have any of that stuff. It's none of it's actually there because there is no value to be found. It's it's a crappy town. That's what it is. That's what it is. I mean, that is a pretty good assessment of life sometimes, man. No, I think Daniel's right about the Hevel, though, because that's the point. Is <clears throat> S Town is a modern retelling of Ecclesiastes without the God of Ecclesiastes. It shows the meaninglessness of life and the meaninglessness in searching for truth without concluding that things done for God actually matter. Which shows um, that you can't actually have a position without having presuppositions. Right. Boys, I what's our third topic? Asking for free stuff. Josh, this is your dude, this is your expertise, man. And I have to say, all right, listen, I I was put in in charge of a fundraiser at our church. I just started asking businesses for free stuff to donate to the fundraiser. And dude, they were very happy and and generous and I'm very thankful. But dude, you people don't realize what businesses will do if you simply ask them. And Josh, that is something that I learned from you. So Josh, give us a rundown on asking for free stuff. Tell us about some of the things that you've asked for and uh, just give us a philosophy, man. What what are some what are some things that you should ask for and where's the line uh, where you should not should not be asking for free stuff. Okay, I, I'll I'll start with where's the line because I had a recent experience this weekend that certainly crossed the line. Where the line is is a little bit blurry, but hmm. this experience certainly crossed okay, the line. Okay, cereal. Okay, cereal. I I have the honor of uh, having the prestigious, enviable job of selling furniture and mattresses, and I was having an interaction with a certain lady who was buying two recliners. She showed me which recliner she wants. We figured out the color, all that stuff. And she looks at me and she says, hey, since I'm buying two recliners, will you throw in a couch for free? (laughs) (laughs) What what does a couch go for in in that establishment? Dude, if you're getting a couch, you're looking anywhere. The cheapest you're going to find at our store anyway is, is like 320. 330 somewhere right around there which is pretty okay. cheap all right all right but yeah i mean that's a lot of money players and asking for a free tv right it's like hey can you clear like i i just i said uh i said no i can't how much were her two recliners uh i think one they, they were both like 250 wow i think i probably said something i i have like a pretty standard line where uh i try to like gloss over it as i laugh uh Hey, you know, you, you don't know unless you ask, right? <laughs> that made me feel more stupid, though. <laughs> I know, I don't know. Just kind of trying to kind of validate it. Um, anyway, Josh, that reminds me of a rabbit trail moment here. But this weekend, I offended a regular customer because she comes in every weekend to study, and I'm making drinks. I'm the only one at the bar, so I'm trying to do everything. And I tell her, hey, how are you? Are you here to study today? She said, yeah. And, and I chuckled a little bit and I was like, oh, right. I mean, what else can you uh, do at Starbucks that you can also do at home, right? And she thought I was being sarcastic, <laughs> which sounds very sarcastic. So she goes, hey, just for your information, I'm not offended. But if you said that to another customer, they might be very offended. And I was like, Jeez. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I, I was just joking around. I didn't mean to, to sound sarcastic. And she said, yeah. you're welcome. 
just for your information. She sits down for five minutes, packs up all her stuff, and just leaves, man. Like she couldn't stand being around me anymore. You know what I would have said? <clears throat> hey, just so you know, some people might think that you were offended by the way you're saying that. I don't think that, but some people might. <laughs> no, man, I can't get a I can't get a customer complaint, man. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that to a customer, but I'd be thinking that. Asking about free stuff, Alex. Yeah. Uh, so Starbucks, I will say, if I mess up a drink, or if I ruin a sandwich or something, the customer has the full right to say, "Hey, I paid for this. You didn't give me that. Can you please give me what I wanted?" I understand that. Oh yeah. But when a customer asks for a refund on something, when we are more than willing to exceed our inventory supply to accommodate to accommodate the mistake, that's what I don't understand. And that's I don't know. That's something that really bothers me about people is. I'm going to fix the mistake, but like, why does that merit you getting it for free? Like people make mistakes. It's not like I offended you or like, you know, ruined your life by making it iced instead of hot. It'll just take two minutes and it'll get it hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with something like that. Now where, where I've asked for something for free in the past. So there was one time my wife and I got a pizza. I think she picked up the pizza, brought it home. We ordered a pepperoni pizza. We opened it up. It was a sausage pizza. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't. I don't like sausage pizzas. We we drove back. I think I drove back, and uh, <clears throat> I told him, "Hey, I ordered pepperoni. I got sausage. Can I have a sausage pizza?" And they gave it to me. And uh, I'm sorry. I asked for a pepperoni pizza. They gave me the pepperoni pizza. And then I looked at the lady. And I said, "Hey, uh, since I drove all the way, I had to drive all the way back. Can I have some free breadsticks?" And she goes, "Sure." She hands me the breadsticks and then tells me that'll be $7.50. And I was like, no, I was kind of hoping it'd be for free. And she's like, oh, we can't do that. And I was like, okay. And I just left. But I feel like I feel like that's a situation when it's appropriate to ask for something for free. Yeah, but you, you also weren't asking for the equivalent. You're asking for something lesser. Yeah, I think that's key is that you can't like, or like you can't ask for a couch for buying two recliners. If you were, if you went to the establishment that I think that you went, to, <laughs> more expensive than pizzas. <laughs> Another example. Go ahead. My wife and I went to Chick Fil A one day. They swiped our card and then told us it would be a little bit of a wait if we asked us if we could pull up. So I pulled up. I then went inside and asked for two cookies while we were waiting, and they gave them to me. Asking for a drink while you wait—that's appropriate. I don't know, man. I think that the, I feel like that's very, I don't know. Like you're getting more than what you paid for at that point, Josh. You're not at the Hilton Resort and Hotel restaurant, you know? Of course you're, you're getting Chick-fil-A. more. Of course you're getting more than what you paid for. That's the point. But I don't think so, man. I feel like that's kind of inappropriate. Why is it inappropriate? Okay, you realize, okay, inappropriate because that's not what you're paying for. I don't think that that's what you're paying for. I think what you paid for was, you know, if you get a chicken deluxe spicy sandwich meal with extra whatever fries, that's what you paid for. You come in and say, hey, since I'm like, while I'm waiting, can I please get a free drink? Um, the only reason people give you the free drink is because customer complaints are like the last thing any kind of establishment wants. It's not because you paid for that. You see what I'm saying? So there's a certain expectation when I go to a fast food restaurant or an establishment that has hot and ready pizza that 
when I get there, it's ready. And if they, if I'm waiting and, and I didn't go right in right away for these cookies, we had been waiting in the car for about seven minutes at that, at that point. What's the appropriate amount of waiting time? Oh, I would, I mean, if I'm waiting, if, if I'm waiting like 30 seconds or one minute, I'm not asking for something for free, but if I'm no longer getting fast food, which is what I'm paying for, then I'm going to ask for some kind of something while I wait. There's a reason I'm going there and not to sit down. It's because I need something fast. Starbucks had the, the unicorn frappuccinos, right? Yeah. For like a week. And it said valid, like we'll have them through Sunday, right? And then on the small script at the bottom of the poster, it says, while supplies last. We ran out of the Frappuccino two days before the promotion ended. Like, we're not allowed to make a drink if we don't have all of the things needed to make that drink. And we ran out of different things necessary for it two days before. So, of course, most people called and we told them we don't have it. And they're like, oh, okay. This guy came in, man, on the last of the promotion. This was a Sunday morning. And I rarely work Sunday morning. So I was working that Sunday morning. And he comes in with a kid. And he says, yeah, um, do you sell the unicorn frappuccino? And I said, no, sir, we don't. And he said, but the promotion is through Sunday. And I said, yes, sir, while supplies last, our store ran out of what we need to make the drink. Is there another drink that I can get for you today? And he said, well, then why would you make it through Sunday if you're not going to have the stuff to make it when I come in for it? And I said, well, you can call the company and ask them that question. That's above my pay grade. And the guy got mad at me. He got mad at me, started huffing and puffing, and I was just like, you know, like, what does he want me to do? Like, give him a free muffin? I don't owe that person something. You see what I'm saying? I think that's a really, I think it's a totally different situation on several, on several layers. But I think one, this is one thing that people don't know how to do. People, people know how to get angry, but they don't know what they want. They just get angry and just blows up, but they don't actually ask for anything. And I find one thing that I can easily diffuse situations like that is asking, is there anything I can do to fix this situation? So what does Josh Pinnell do if he goes and to Josh, I will ask that. I will ask that. But only yeah. if it's justified. But like, it, if, if I ask that. If I don't think it's justified, I'm not going to accommodate them like that. I'm not going to ask that question. If I ask that question, 90% of the time, they don't have an answer. And it ends it. Everything's done. Because there's nothing that's going to make them happy. The thing that'll make them happy is that that drink is there, and that drink's not going to show up. And then they realize it's not going to show up. You know, dude. What does Josh Pinnell do if he shows up at Starbucks, and he's going to buy a frappuccino, a unicorn frappuccino for his daughter Lily, and they're all out? What does he do? I say, I say, oh, okay, let's get something else. Yeah, that is not a, that is not a situation where you are going to be upset. I'm not gonna be upset. I'm not gonna ask for something for free. But also, Josh has never once been upset when he asks for free stuff either. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I meant I was kind of I was referring to the guy who got upset. I show up at McDonald's, and nine out of ten times, if I ask for a milkshake there, their milkshake machine is not working. The one by your house. That is very true. That's just that's just a fact of life. I just drive down the street to rallies and get another milkshake, or ask for something different. Dude, one time I went to an Arby's and they ran out of roast beef. <laughs> Your complaint story is about Arby's, Alex. No, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that. Who goes to Arby's? Dude, I can't eat at Arby's. Oh, it's so good, man. It's so good, but I'm never satisfied. I'm always hungry when I leave. Really? It makes me sick, man. You gotta get the chicken sandwich, man. Yeah, no, the chicken's good. But if I'm going to to Arby's, I'm not getting chicken. I'm getting roast beef because that's what they do. 
you skip the fries, okay? You skip the fries, and you get two sandwiches. You get a chicken sandwich, and you get a roast beef sandwich. One of the parables of Jesus, he gives a parable, and his application to to the parable is, the sons of the kingdom are not as shrewd as the sons of this age. His application is for his disciples to live in this world, understanding that God has made the world to to work a certain way and to, to, and that's what Proverbs, Proverbs describes wise living as observing the way that God has ordained the universe to operate and tapping into that, to find that stream that's flowing and work your way into that stream, going downstream, not upstream. Foolishness is going upstream. Wise living is going downstream. And one way that God has, ordain the universe to work is if you ask for a free drink while you're waiting for your fries to be made because they tell you it's going to be seven minutes they're happy to do that and so i would say that that's one way that the the sons of the kingdom can be can live wisely like the sons of this age so that's my theological defense of asking for asking for free a free drink it was like a stretch man <laughs> if you say so Dude, Starbucks donated the coffee for our uh, pancake breakfast. Oh, I bet they did. Wow. Man. We get mm-hmm. people every week asking for uh, donations. We usually give them old holiday cups. Dude, I, I went in there with a flyer. They did not know me. I told them about the event we're having the day before, mind you. And they said, what do you need? And I said, I need coffee for 300 people. And they gave it to me. Wow. Woo! Brewed and everything. And cups. Yeah. The tr- coffee traveler, man. Yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's a lot of money too. That's like twenty two bucks a traveler. How many did they give you? Six. Wow, that is a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know that maybe that's like a tax thing that the store gets for it, but that's a lot. That's like what? It's all it's all right off. I mean, that's it's like hundred fifty bucks, man. Yeah. We didn't have to pay for we didn't have to pay for anything for this breakfast. We all got donated. Wow. What's up for Starbucks, man? Yep. Even an unjust judge is willing. To answer the cry of the widow if she asks enough times. <laughs> I will say though too, you know, if that's it's true, it's always about the attitude of the customer, man. What's that? It's always about the attitude of the customer because a oh. lot of times the customer is wrong, but because they're so patient and they're so nice about it, I will still give them whatever they want just because they treated me with respect. But when somebody is nasty, I just say, okay, have a great day. And yeah. I don't do anything, and they call and complain, but I don't. You're attacking me as a person. I don't get paid to deal with. Like, I'm not your parent, so I'm not going to coddle you if you want to behave like a child, you know? Yeah. That, say, that is a way that God has designed the universe to work. It's a way that Christians are more prone to tapping into because we have the Holy Spirit, and he works patience in us. But unbelievers can observe that also. Unbelievers can say, hmm. When I yell and curse at someone, they get angry. When I don't, you know, they're nice to me. They can tap into that wisdom of, of the way the universe flows, too. Dude, I will say that Josh Pinnell is probably one of the best people I know at not taking things personally. Let's just, let's just say it, man. It's a gift. It's a gift, dude. He's a charmer, man. I just wish you had ended that sentence with, Josh Pinnell is one of the best people I know. <laughs> I, would also, I would also say that. I would also. 
Oh, one last thought. I don't get angry when people um, are nasty. But like when customers are being that way, I don't get angry. I just yeah. don't give them, I just say, if I react, it's not going to be healthy for me and it's only going to give them what they want. So I'm just not going to do either. Dude, when I worked, the for the short amount of time I worked in the food service, when people would freak out at me, what I would do, and I don't know if I recommend this, but what I would do is I would refuse to admit that something was that bad. So like the way that I acted, I would always be like, I, I would always act as if I didn't understand what exactly like went wrong with their order. And dude, <laughs> they would get so mad that I wasn't like getting upset. Or I'm so like, sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I would, I would be like, wait, so what's the issue? You know, like I would just be like, <laughs> like, like, wait, what was wrong with your burger? Like, wait, hold on. And dude, I remember the first time I got yelled at by somebody. Um, I was working at Hardee's. I was making fries because I was just kind of doing a little bit of everything. Super easy to make fries, by the way. You pour fries in the, in the fryer. You, you, put <laughs> you push a button, dude. And then the button beeps. You take them out. And you turn the button off. So the button's beeping. I turn the button off. And this lady from from the counter is like, sir, sir, sir. And I don't think she's talking to me because I never, like, I never talked to her before. And she, like, finally gets my attention. I look over at her like, are you talking to me? And she's like, you just turned, you just turned my fries off. You, you just, like, you just stopped it. And they're not even cooked yet. And I was like, I don't know, like, what you ordered or anything. I don't know. Uh, which fries are yours? I don't have any idea what you're talking about. These fries are done. I stopped them. And she's like, let me talk to your manager. And I was like, all right. So then I went and got the manager. And apparently she was somebody that comes in often and complains about nothing. We did have um, – Josh, if you need to go, you can, man. We can wrap it up. Yeah, we should wrap it. But we're telling stories at this point. Can I give you two fra- two phrases that I've learned in three three years of customer service? Two phrases that work like a charm every mm-hmm. time. Number one, they tell you the problem. Don't say I'm sorry. Yes. Because I'm, I'm sorry sounds like you're apologizing, and it sounds like you're admitting fault. At that point, it it it's it still keeps you and them on opposite sides. What you say, the first thing I say is, "Oh, that's no good." Because it sympathizes with them and it doesn't admit fault. It simply acknowledges that that's a frustrating situation in a, in a kind of whimsical way. And the second thing I say is, let's get you taken care of or let's, let's figure out how we can fix that. So you say, oh, that's no good. Let's figure out how we can fix that. Immediately, we're on the same team. We're working together. They know, they know I wanted to bring it, get a solution to their problem. Mm. And it assumes their participation in it. It it diffuses nine out of ten situations. Every once in a while, there's still someone who's really irate, and it's just they got to talk to the manager. But if you'd say those two things every time, man. If if you work retail, those are pearls of wisdom. Um, there is there is one person I work. Well, there's a couple of them that will not accommodate people. So like, if somebody says, "I actually ordered this iced and it's hot," they'll remake it iced. But if somebody says, oh, I forgot to order this iced, it's hot. I forgot. I meant to tell them, but I forgot. There's actually someone I work with who goes, oh, okay, that's cool. Well, you can go to the front and ask them that you tell them that you actually want it iced, and they'll ring it up for you. You can pay for it up there. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't do that, man. I'm That's cool actually that, man. what I'm supposed to do by policy, but I feel terrible doing that to people. Well, yeah. If I were you, I would give it to them for free. It's like when um, when somebody spills something. You give them a free thing? No. Like if I, walk, I just replace them. Like if if I they spilled a hot chocolate right after I gave it to them, I'll make them another one. I don't yeah. – it doesn't bother. Like we were at the mall, and I bought Elam an ice cream cone, and he dropped it, and they brought him another one. But that's not something that the that the store has to do, man. He was so sad, just broken. It was hard to watch. I had a guy who bought an ottoman from me once, and he just tied it down with rope to the top of his truck. <laughs> the cab, yeah, he ties yeah. it to that with some. Rope. He calls in less than ten minutes later. He he asks for me. I get on the line and like, hey, how can I help you out? He's like, hey, when I bought that ottoman, he didn't tell me it came with uh, a free set of wings for it to fly away from me. That's his opening line. <laughs> wow. It just, it down the, interstate, down the interstate, that thing just went flying. What did he want from you? He wanted a free one. What? What did you do? We didn't give it to him. Dude, once that thing leaves the store, man, it's over. There was one guy who bought... It was just a, a really bad mattress. The worst mattress in the entire universe. Oh, we, dude. The mattress we do not show. Like, we don't, we don't display it because it's so bad. In fact, when the guy was ordering it, I told him, this is a really bad mattress. I don't think you want it. And he, oh, said, wow. he said, yes, I do. <laughs> he does something similar where he ties it to the top of his car. He's driving. It flies off. He calls in. Oh, well, what he said was it flew off his car and there was an 18-wheeler behind him and it got run over by the 18-wheeler. <laughs> so he asked for a free one. And I had a coworker who, after the phone call, was like, hey, did you tell him that it probably wouldn't sleep any worse after getting run over by an 18-wheeler? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right, boys, let's wrap it up. It's been a good. It's been a good episode. I've been. I'm glad we could. We could talk. Um, if you are a member of the throng and you're listening to us, or you're a first time listener, you could follow us at the Exchange Pod on Twitter, and uh, check us out on iTunes, and check us out um, on Josh Josh's blog, where we are currently hosting uh, our podcasts. Patience with waiting for this episode. Yeah, we'll get you guys next week. For now, good night and good luck.